1: Welcome back in. Uh, we have a wee treat for you in the afternoon. So Staffy here on SENZ. I feel like I'm in the midst of Axe royalty. Uh, Jason Wynyard, um, so many titles, uh, it'd take the whole hour to rattle them all off. Uh, multiple world champion, getting ready for another campaign. Welcome in, Jason. Thanks. Thanks, Mark. This time of year,
0: um, how many days until you go to the Worlds? I'll fly out next Wednesday, so it's, uh, it's counting down pretty quickly and a uh, few things to organise, so um, still getting a lot of equipment ready to to send over, and um, a little bit of stress. But um, thankfully, the the heavy part of the training is is kind of done, and there's more explosive work coming up um, in the in the lead up to when I fly off. So enjoying the the explosive work and. Um, it's good being past the the heavy grind,
1: yeah I'm sure do you still get as excited with 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 the world cup you know the the big world title on the line and 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 you go into the plane you're sitting on the plane you know where you're going is the excitement level still high
0: oh, i think the plane trip is a bit of a drag, but um i i really do get excited about getting over there and and you know competing it's um I've learned to enjoy the journey more i think as i've as i've aged and um yeah, it's uh, it's pretty exciting to to come from where I've come, uh, come through what I've come through, and uh, to be at this stage on the cusp of going over there and and having a crack at the title. So, um, yeah, all been all been worth it, and uh, really looking forward to getting over there. We welcome
1: your calls uh, into Jason Winyard, multiple world champion, uh, member of the order of New Zealand Merit, however you get those letters around the right way. Donald from Christchurch has called in, and it says here he's keen to chat to Jason. G'day, Donald. Hey, you doing, mate? Are you all right? I'm well. Jason's all ears. How are you, Donald?
0: Yeah, good, thanks, Jason. Good. Hey, uh, you sound like me in my younger day when I used to cut wood, and I'm 64 now, and I'm still cutting bloody wood. <laughs> <laughs> I turned 49 in November, so um, I've been at it since I was 12, so I uh, still love it, and... Uh, Yeah, can't can't get enough of it. Good on you. Now, my question for you, matey, was um, is there different types of wood that you have to cut in these
1: competitions and if so, do you have to cut your axe or sharpen
0: your axe appropriately? Yes, you do. Um, Sorry, there is different types of timber and depending on what country you travel to compete in, um, uh, that kind of sorts out what timber they use for the various competitions. So with this Still Timber Sports World Championship that's going to be held in Sweden, um, they use poplar for, for the competition wood. So poplar for the chopping wood and they use white pine for the soaring wood. So it, it's um, both of those are a fairly soft wood species, yeah. So. Yeah.
1: And what's the hardest country to chop wood in?
0: Oh, it'd have to be, well... Uh, Australia and, and Spain would be on par. Uh, the Spanish competitions, they they have endurance-type competitions, which sometimes last for eight hours. So so you'd have to call them the, the toughest, like that would be the toughest competition. And then the, the species of wood they use there is beech. And then throughout Australia, they use various types of eucalyptus. So some of their competitions can last, you know, Two to three minutes um, yeah. with the hardest sort of timbers.
1: Yeah. Now that would blunt my chainsaw, the eucalyptus. <laughs> <to you purifters. laughs> yeah,
0: and, and you mentioned with the axes as well. Um, so generally, the harder the wood is, um, the thicker the bevel needs to be on the axe. So oh, okay, yeah. For, for chopping poplar, we normally have anywhere from twelve and a half to fourteen degree on the bevel. And for your harder woods like eucalyptus and beech, you can get up to 18 to 20 degrees on the bevel. So you just adjust um, the equipment to suit the, the wood that you're competing in. Hey, well, it was very nice talking to you, mate, and you go well, matey. Likewise, mate. Thanks very
1: much. There he is. Hey. Donald out of Christchurch. Any questions for Jason? And uh, bugger you, Donald, you took a couple of my questions off me. I was talking about different wood and um, different equipment, different yep. What does your, you know, golfers have 14 clubs. What's your competitive axe rack look like?
0: Uh, I've got a roughly 80 different axes. Um, wow. For this competition over in Sweden, I'll take roughly 16 axes um, of various sizes and uh, slightly different degrees on the bevel um, and also different grinds. So you never know what quite is going to work in the timber when you go to to any of these championships so you have to take a wide selection and also there's always a chance of equipment getting damaged on the trip over so um, I'll send three crosscut saws, my um, big modified chainsaw and then like 16 axes to try and cover the bases.
1: Wow, amazing. And is it is it a two-piece component like the, what do you call it, the bevel and, and then the, the handle? Are they two separate components that you put together or do you just have a complete axe
0: already set up? Uh, the axes will be set up like the handle the handle takes quite a lot of work you you fit the handles to suit your grip and then of course you fit like the length of the handle suits y- your personal swing and generally your body body size um, and then also you adjust the, the weight of the head to, to suit what your what you can manage to swing basically generally you have heavier axes for softer wood than you do for harder wood. So,
1: So the hardwood takes a lot longer. So, you know, world records are held with softwood. Would that be fair to say?
0: Yeah. um, There's a world record in in every class of wood for different diameters of of the event that you're competing in. So, there's there's a lot of different world titles that you can compete for. And there's also a lot of different species of of timber that you can compete um, to win a world title in as well. So,. Makes it a little bit confusing. Much like boxing with all the different um, world titles, there's yeah. a, a wood chopping is probably 10 times worse because there's so many different species and sizes of, um, of wood for that particular event. So,
1: At the top of the sport, which you've been for a long time, is it the same you'll go to these world champs and you'll know them all pretty much?
0: The funny thing is, um, a, a lot of the younger ones coming up, I, I used to compete against their fathers. So, <laughs> um, I've been in it in it for that long, but it, it's yeah, I do know them all. Um, I know, like all the national representatives have been selected at this stage, so I, I have competed against um, all of them that are that are in this year's championship. So, um, wood chopping is a great sport because. Um, you know, you're you're all mates until you get out to compete, and then um, it's really serious business when when you when you're actually out there chopping and soaring. But um, everyone generally gets on really well. It's a good bunch of people involved in the sport, so. Uh, there's a good camaraderie and I think I've been in it for that long that I get shown a lot of respect and it's pretty cool to sort of come through from being the youngest in the New Zealand team and now I'm probably going to be one of the oldest competitors in, in the World Championship this year. So it's it's pretty good to sort of come through the ranks and, and see the changes and and get the respect. That, um, that's given now.
1: So you have to excuse my ignorance, but that's why we've got Jim to answer my ignorant questions. Um, so this World Championships, you're representing New Zealand. Are you part of a team? Um, who else is in the team?
0: Yeah, this is um, it's, this will be a two-day competition. So starting on the 28th, um, there's a World Relay competition. So 30 countries involved, um, and we've got a six-man squad that we're taking over from New Zealand. Um, I'm part of that NZ team. There's Adam Lowe, Shane Jordan, Jack Jordan, Nathan McDonald, and we're taking over the late David Bolstad's son. Wow. He was our rookie, one of our rookie representatives, so we're taking him over with the team as well. So uh, there's a good contingent going over. Uh, We've got a manager travelling with us, Anthony Mildren, and um, we're hoping to. Take that world relay title and back it up with the individual world championship the next day. So the second day is, um, which will be the 29th, will be the individual world championship. So that that's the one I'll represent New Zealand in.
1: How many disciplines on that second day will you be involved in?
0: So six disciplines: um, three wood chopping disciplines and three soaring disciplines. With the relay event, it's a it's a bracket competition. So you you compete in the morning for. Um, for a, uh, like a seating, mm-hmm. and then it's a knockout competition after that. So one-on-one competition and winner advances. So and you could
1: be gone for a while, day one.
0: Yeah, I think uh, total you need to cut six times in order to uh, win the whole championship. So it's pretty gruelling, and, and your rest period gets shorter as it comes to semi-final, finals um, time. So So quite a gruelling race. There's four disciplines in the in the team event. Uh, starts out with a stock saw, moves to the underhand chop. Um, single buck sawing is the third discipline and it finishes on a standing chop. So um, a separate team member completes each discipline.
1: So you're the world record holder in the single buck sword, so do you say, I'm doing that one in the relay?
0: Yep. Um, <laughs> we're lucky enough to take, st- like there's a couple of strong sawyers going over this year, so... We might just be able to share the load this time, which is which is going to be quite a um, quite a big advantage because it'll help me back up for that next day in the individual championship as well. So, um, I'm not sure what our strategy is going to be. We'll, we'll have to play it by ear. But um, as as I said, it's a knockout competition, so you can't drop any race. Otherwise, you you know you're coming home with without getting to the final. So, um, I guess we'll. We're going to have a training run in Germany um, before the competition, and we'll make our final selections about how the team's going to run there, so it'll be interesting.
1: Which one, at the end of like a single event, which one are you the most buggered? Which one takes the most out of you?
0: Oh, I'd have to say the single buck. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a short discipline, not lasting probably any longer than 15 seconds, but it's so it's grueling because you have to use your whole body and and there's no there's no generating a swing, it's all full load pulling that sword the back whole and time forth, the whole time, yeah, so um, you really get a lot of lactic acid buildup quickly with that discipline and that's uh, it's really hard to back up after you know doing that five or six times.
1: <laughs> yeah, and you got the single stuff to go the next day. If you yeah. want to have a chat or any questions to Jason when you're uh, multi, Time world champion, um, all things timber sports. 0800 150 I would love you to give us a call or 8833 is the temper bed Post text machine number. 8833. Any questions for our guest Jason? And as I say, don't be afraid to call, he's here till about 10 to 3. Love to have your interaction. We'll take a break. I've got some questions to put to Jason that's come through on the text machine after that break. Yes, welcome back in. Really delighted to be joined by Jason Winyard in studio. Happy to take your calls or your text messages. So give us a yell, 0800 150 11. The number is free now. Or if you want to text in a question, double eight double three From Shannon, kia ora Jason. Do you still compete in the Karetu Wood Chopping Festival?
0: Kia ora Shannon, Um, we haven't had that festival for quite a number of years and uh, hopefully you know in the near future we're going to run another one, Um, so I'm talking with uh, my relations up there and hopefully we can get it kicked off um, after this world championship, so um, watch the space, we'll um, put the advertising out when we get another (laughs) event going. (laughs) How
1: You must go to like um, I think the World Series started in America. There was um, a real strong wood chopping presence in Canada. You know the lumberjacks in America and in Canada. I know it's strong through Europe now. You've been to some far far away places and some strange places you never thought you'd turn up to chop some wood.
0: Yeah, I really have. It's um, you know something when you're starting out as a twelve year old you'd don't envision yourself doing you know especially growing up in Mutupada it was quite a small town um, strong logging community um, but yeah it's it's been great actually I've, I've been to places like Japan and Vanuatu was another mm. um, place where we did an exhibition and um, yeah been all throughout Europe and United States and Canada It's it's been great it's been great and um, I guess when you you know you you show promise in a sport at a young age you you kind of want to be the best at it so so I guess you go search well I went searching globally to try and find the, the toughest competitions and you know the most lucrative competitions to compete in so that took me traveling around and and yeah it was it's been a awesome part of my life I um I don't enjoy the travel much now um <laughs> It's kind of a necessary thing to you know to get from A to B and, and get to the next championship. But um, I, I still really enjoy the competition. I, I enjoy going to the different countries and um, competing against their top competitors. And, and it's only it's really the only true way you know how good you are if you you know get out of your own country and get out of your comfort zone and put it all on the line in, in a different country with sometimes different species of wood and and try and face those challenges and and it's exciting and yeah the thrill hasn't really wavered <laughs> since I p- first picked up the axe so it's um yeah it's been it's been I've been fortunate to have that as um as a strong passion for that many years
1: and I guess if anything was going to dent that passion it would have been this this covid holiday we've all been enforced in no competing um, we have talked to uh, um, the GM of volleyball New Zealand. They've had no tournaments for two years and he said the athletes are just frothing for it. You over the last two years, um you were telling me during the ads you last went overseas in twenty eighteen or nineteen. It's a long, long time. Very different lifestyle for you the last two and a half, three years. What happened to your hunger?
0: Oh the hunger really didn't change. It it probably it probably got worse actually. Like it <laughs> I, I missed it, you know, I missed it terribly not being able to compete and uh, so I, I was forced out of the sport um, because of osteoarthritis and ended up having a hip replacement in 2020. Just happened to coincide with this um, with this COVID pandemic and, and our sport didn't run a world championship for a couple of years. So um, c- kind of in one way fortunate that my injury troubles kind of fell within that time, but not really fortunate because it was a horrible time of my life and um I'm just glad to be back competing and and to not be in the pain that I was in so mm. um, really thankful to come through that and um and looking forward to getting over to Sweden but um yeah a lot of sports have suffered because of the, the layoff and um I'm sure a lot of frustrated athletes out there you know they weren't put off because of injury um, restrictions like like myself, but um, isn't it great to be seeing some of these sports coming back? Mm. And and it's great for us just to be able to compete with you know some spectators now. So um, th- this World Championship is going to be a great one. I think they're going to have a good following in Gothenburg, and it's going to be really exciting to get out there and compete um, against the you know with um, great crowd support. So really looking forward to that.
1: Where are you at performance level do you think um, you, you've had the layoff you've been away from competing you've had your operation um, do do you like time yourself do you measure yourself in the gym do you do you test yourself aerobically how can you stack up where you are where jason when you're twenty twenty two is compared to jason when you're twenty
0: nineteen really can't make that des- designation until you get out on that world stage and uh, you Get under those, you know, that type of pressure and that type of environment, you can't really make a, a full assessment. So, and I think that's kind of why I've always traveled and, and tried to pit myself against, you know, different people in different countries. Um, gym numbers are higher than they've ever been in my life. Well, look at you go. Yeah. Hey? Yes. But that doesn't correlate into faster times. Yes. Always. So, but it's a good start. It, it is a good starting point, definitely. And, um, um, my aerobic fitness is, is better than it's ever been, so those are all um, good foundational pieces of the puzzle. But it's what you do with those milliseconds that you're in competition. You know how everything flows and the, keeping the mistakes to a minimum. And uh, you don't really, you can't really make a full assessment until you get out there and compete. So.
1: Where's the balance, strength and technique? Where's that balance
0: sit? Strength is a good foundation for for disciplines like the single buck and um, operating the modified chainsaw. It's a 30 kg chainsaw, so you've got to have a good strength base to be able to do that effectively. Um, But for the wood chopping events, it's... uh, it's a little different because there's a lot more timing and hand eye coordination involved, so um you, you have to have that f- foundation strength um and aerobic conditioning, but then the wood chopping is is more practice with the axe and you know being able to put the axe in the right spot and get it out and um get that happening as quick as possible um And experience is is a lot as well, Mm -hmm. Um, knowing what to do with the axe, what what axe to use for a start and how to present it to the the block on the correct angle. Um, You learn these things over time and it's just muscle memory, practice and working on your weaknesses really. So just like a lot of other sports, you try to refine yourself over time.
1: Mm. I've never cut anything other than kindling um, but I've played a lot of golf and sometimes you're halfway through the downswing and you just know you're on it today or you know you're not. How much conscious awareness have you got of what's going on in that blurry 10, 15, 20 seconds whatever it is? I'm particularly talking the axe because there's a lot of technique there Um do you know you're on it? Do you know I'm in the sweet spot in this moment in time?
0: It, it's really hard because you you can get through disciplines like X disciplines, doing things wrong, and and still have, you know, generally good results. Mm-hmm. But when when it all happens and and your timing's on, um, it's it's like it's so easy, mm-hmm. like everything just flows and. Um, Everything's just happening, and it's almost like it's slow motion, like you're watching it happen in, in slow motion. And yet you watch a playback of it, and it's like, how was I going that fast? It didn't <laughs> feel like that, you know? So that, I think that's what every athlete tries to mimic every time they get out there. But there's all kinds of things to contend with, um, and the first of them I find that I've got to put aside is, is my desire for a result. And I've got to park that when I when I approach an event, and and just go through my setup, just go through all the things I've learned over this amount of time, and and try to do everything as correctly as possible. And if you can if you can put aside that desire to win or to pull a certain time, um, I find that's the best way I can prepare. So it's just for like
1: it. my stance, my grip. How I present myself, the angle—it's just, just be in that process, and the result will come. Yes,
0: yes, and don't be fixated on the result or or the time, because that will all come if you do each stage correctly. It it, it will definitely come, and that's the only way you can have world record performances. Is mm. if you do everything systematically correct. So. Easy to say uh, and quite difficult to do, but you do all your hard work at home. Mm. Like you, you do all the critiquing of the technique and um, it's just, it, it's a process and it, it's a sometimes a slow, frustrating process, but you just always want to m- be making steps forward mm. and that's a good kind of approach to the whole thing, I believe.
1: Sounds like a life lesson to me Jason <laughs> it's what you've just described there is about like don't look at the goal look at the process and, and it will take you to the goal we have to take a quick break for new sport and weather if anyone wants to have a yarn with Jason Wynyard 0800 150 811 got a lot of text messages which we will get to but as always on the show calls take precedence so if you really want an answer to your question give us a yell as I say 0800 150 811 or text in a question double we'll be back with world champion Axeman Jason Wynyard after this <laughs> Right, let's rip straight into it. Calls uh, 0800 150 11. We go to Jeff down in Cromwell. Uh, g'day, Jeff. I introduce you g'day. to Jason Wynyard.
0: G'day, Jason. How you going, buddy? Oh, good, thanks, Jeff. How are you, mate? Yeah, yeah. I used to enjoy
1: cutting up my 10 or 12 metres every firewood season, but I'm sort of down to the. Left. I was sort of buying half, and I still enjoy cutting up the other half now, but. Yeah, each year that goes by, I'm <clears throat> sort of buying them more, but I still enjoy, enjoy that therapeutic chainsaw and uh, spotting the wood, um, Jase. But the question I was going to ask you: We got a, a guy down here, and I don't know what's happened to him actually. Um, Brandon um, Paku, right? Who was a uh, yeah, do, you know him Cause he yeah, I do,
0: to... I do. He's fantastic young talent. He actually um, he had an accident and he broke his hand in a in, in a truck tailgate. <laughs> And he's since recovered from that, but he moved over to Sydney. And yeah, I heard he moved over there. Yeah, but he was a heck of a young talent. Uh, I've never seen a, a young guy chop so well. And um, I'm not sure what he's doing now. I, I hope he's going to come back to New Zealand and compete you know, for New Zealand. But um, I, I did see him in, over at Easter time at the Sydney Easter show. He wasn't competing, but... Um, enjoying his life over there, so I I, I hope he's gonna come back. But um no, he was a great talent, Jeff. And uh I, I get what you're saying yeah. about um it being therapeutic to to cut your, your firewood for the year. I I get that out of what I do as well and and I'll actually split wood for for a bit of fun as well. So um I don't have a fireplace, yeah. I have a heat pump now so it's pretty pretty sad. But I, I give all the firewood away now and it's uh I still get um, you know benefit out of it, therapeutic benefit and and it helps other people with their with their winter heating. So I get what you're saying there, Jeff. So the
1: body, like getting back Brendan there, like his body type, is that the body type you need to compete? I mean no, I, I you know, or what sort of body type's
0: ideal? If you want to be I, I don't think anyone's worked that rhythm. out yet. I mean when you look at me I'm I'm you know, classic endomorph and uh, <laughs> Um when I first started I I was probably one of the you know bigger guys and when I first started I was I was good at wood chopping when I was young and that was something that they they said you never really got good until you were 40 to 50 years of age back at that time so uh, I don't know you see lighter guys do really well when they focus on their technique and they they tailor their equipment to suit their size. Um, you, you see brilliant axelmen of all shapes and sizes. It, it's an incredible sport, really. I don't think anyone's really put a finger on what ultimately is, is the best body type. But I know for a fact with timber sports, it, it's um, because it's three wood chopping disciplines and three sawing disciplines, you, you've got to have... A bit of size you've got to have a bit of size to excel on the soaring but you've got to be agile enough to get up the, the tree and the springboard and then you've kind of got to have enough finesse to operate the chainsaws well so um I really haven't got an answer for you Jeff I, I think basically you, you get into a sport and you know you, you're gifted with the body that you have and and you just try to get the best out of yourself you know and I think that's generally the case for most people in sports they just work with what they have and, and try and work on their weaknesses and improve themselves there he is
1: all good Jeff yeah fantastic yeah I'm enjoying it bloody great cheers mate good on you Jeff thanks for calling up good, you've, good talking with you Jeff uh, if you want to put a question to Jason you do feel free um, here's some of the ones that have come through hi Jason this is from Dave is your axe sharp enough to shave with
0: uh, yep, the axes are razor sharp. Um, we we hone them with special special honing stones, and uh, they'll they'll shave you really easily. So,
1: yeah. <laughs> um, are you a husky man or that other brand? <laughs>
0: <laughs> definitely a steel man. I've been a steel man since uh, since two thousand and six. So, I actually work for Steel New Zealand, and okay. uh, I'm a technician for Steel. So, definitely a steel man.
1: There you are, Dave. Get in your corner. Um, <laughs> how does it work getting through customs with 20-odd axes from Mike?
0: Yeah, it's pretty tricky at times. So um, most of my equipment I send through FedEx because that they look after the gear when the, when it travels. And uh, so you have all customs declarations before you send the equipment. But sometimes they, they'll try and charge you taxes on the equipment. It's just a, a matter of trying to explain to them that, you know, they're going over for a world championship and then coming back to New Zealand. So um, generally you don't have to have any any problems if you, if you can explain it well. Um, but yeah, I don't travel too much with them on the plane anymore. It's, it's, uh, airlines tend to not look after them as well as um, as the shipping company. So um, it takes a little bit more planning, but it's it's best to send them ahead. Mm.
1: One more break. If you want to have a chat to Jason, uh, make sure you call now, 0800 11. I've got a few more texts to put to him. He'll be here for about another five or six minutes after this break, so make sure you you jump in the queue. Back in a moment. Uh, we had a text come in saying, us, Jason, which I did during the break, if he's ever played golf, I bet you that big bugger can smash a long ball, but you say no, Jason.
0: I'm pretty good at slicing a ball, I know that. <laughs> oh, I've had the odd good... Good go at a um, driving range, mm. um, but not, not very consistent. Uh, something I'd like to work on, actually, as I get older.
1: Cess so. mm. uh, has said, Kia ora, Stephie and Jason. Do you think wood chopping has helped your son's basketball career at all? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Hopefully some of the fundamentals have, have kind of helped him on his journey. But um, he was a, a really good wood chopper, um, you know, coming up as a, as a young person. And, uh, I mean, basketball's very, very different but um, I hope some of the training fundamentals have have helped him on the way. And, um, yeah, never know when basketball's over. There, there could be a bit of a career in woodchopping for him after that. Y-
1: your family's got a really proud history in wood chopping. Y- your dad, I think, was a full-time world champion. Um, I think his dad. You've got uncles. It- it's in your blood, isn't it? You you were destined for this.
0: Yeah, it's it really seems like that, and from the first time I took it up, it, it just seemed so natural to me. Um, I mean, I say that, but I, I was really bad at it in my first outing, but I think that kind of shaped me as well because I just wanted to be better, and, and that's all I've ever wanted to be, is, is just to be the best I could be and, and improve myself. So, um, But it's it's been great to have that family influence in the sport, Um when Dad was still around, he, he was, you know, very instrumental in, in how I developed myself. And um, of course, like you say, uncles. Um, several of my uncles were, were really good wood choppers, so it seemed to be quite a common thing for most people to do in, in that sort of era. And um, I, I'm really lucky I came up towards the end of that era because I saw so many top axemen. And it taught me a lot. It taught me about um, being humble and it taught me respect. And I think that that really shaped me, the, the people I can, was lucky enough to compete against and, and to watch. Um, it was a fantastic thing for a young person to come up in that Era. So, a little bit of a rhetorical question. I feel like I'll know the answer here, but let's, for example, say
1: you find yourself chopping at the Ashburton A.M.P. and show or something like that, and you see a 16-year-old having his first competition and, um, you know, you've beaten by a couple of minutes or something. Are you the sort of bloke that would go up and give him some encouragement?
0: Yeah, I try not to comment unless the person sort of want, wants to, you know, wants to learn. Otherwise... Sometimes it can be taken in the wrong sort of context, so i'm I'm very careful with that and and I think um when I came up, I had so many people trying to tell me uh what I should be doing and it and it was quite confusing you mm. know because you you're trying to find your own way, and if you're getting say twenty people come up to you with different sort of ideas of what you should be doing, then you really just get lost. So I'm careful, but I'm always open to help. If anyone asks for help, I'm I'm always open to help because, I mean, it's the next generation that are going to carry on the sport, and it's becoming a bit of a lost art, so I think it's our duty to to help as many young ones as we can.
1: That's what I was going to talk to you about. We've got a wonderful history in um, wood chopping, and I told you before we even started this hour, uh, when I was a young fella, I remember at the... Palmerston North AMP show, and I, dad took me along to watch the wood chopping. And there was a bloke there called Rugby Edwards doing the underhand chop, and I just remember saying to dad, Wow, his name's Rugby, that's cool! So I was cheering for him because his name was Rugby, and I'd never seen wood chopping before. It, it's always at the shows. Uh, I think the Easter show in Sydney is, is a massive one for you guys as well. Is the current participation let's remove COVID, let's pretend that hasn't happened and, you know, the the health of the sport and the youngsters being interested in it.
0: Waning? Static? Growing? You'd have to say waning from when I first took up the sport. There was, like, for instance, Rotorua A&P show, there would have been, when I started, there would have been probably 100 competitors there and now we're kind of down to... I think there was sixteen, like twenty, twenty two, maximum. So it's a it's a huge drop on on what it was in the past. Um, I think I think the 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 competitors that are doing well are still world class. Um, we've got some really good young ones coming out of Taranaki, and um, but there's a big gap there that the field's not as strong across the board. So. Um, I don't know what direction we, you know, it's going to take in the next couple of years, but um, it seems like the downturn with AMP shows has kind of coincided with the wood chopping downturn as well. So, mm.
1: last question, uh, Jeff, that you spoke to actually, he's just asked if a referee or if referees or judges can cost you a championship with a bad call on your chopping.
0: They can do, but um, really, it's in the competitors' hands. Like if. Uh, referees can only make a call on a disqualification, so um, really it's in the competitor's hands to avoid any contention there. If if you do everything right, like don't jump the gun, don't cut into your footholds on the underhand chop, <laughs> um, uh, don't slab the block off. Uh, make sure you're taking slab slabbing precautions. As long as you do everything right as a competitor, then the referee can't really manipulate any of the results.
1: Are we able to watch this World Championship? So did you know if it's being broadcast in New Zealand, is there live streams Because I'm pretty sure we all want to watch you go.
0: Yeah, um, it's, it's going to be live streamed, um, I think, on Facebook and on YouTube. So if you, if you YouTube search um, Still Timber Sports World Championship... The, the live stream should come up on YouTube, and, and it's going to be all over Facebook as well with the same sort of search. So you should be able to find it on the 28th and 29th of October. Oh,
1: mate, it is so exciting. Um, really privileged to have you in here. Take He took half a day's leave in New Zealand to come and talk to you. How good is that? Like full-time employment, multiple world champion, and he took half a day's leave. And all I offered him was a glass of water, but he took it, but he took it.
0: Oh mate, it was a pleasure and it was really great to answer some of the questions that came in on the calls and uh, um, it's a buzz for me because I'm getting to go back and compete again and uh, I I really appreciate the opportunity to talk with you and um, anytime you want me back just give me a shout.
1: Let's get you back after the World eh? Day. We'll, we'll have some war stories after that. So Jason Winyard, folks, do do follow those. We'll give you a reminder as we build up towards it because keep a close eye on it here as well and we will remind you how to watch on the live stream. Uh, Jason Wynyard, uh, on behalf of all of us here, the people of the Rung, lots of texts that I couldn't get to either. We wish you all the very best, mate. Um, wonderful perseverance, wonderful longevity, wonderful representative of New Zealand um, globally. It's, it's been fantastic to meet you.
0: Thanks, Mike. Likewise.
1: When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato, and aioli. So, we doubled it: chicken and Macca's together, and loving it. ba ba ba. Available after 10:30 a.m. for a limited time only.